feels like you can't go anywhere without hearing about NFTs these days. And I'm the same, right? I'm just as curious. To me, it's very clear that NFTs are going to be very closely tied to the future of community creation and how businesses deploy it, but it's hard to differentiate between one project or another. So um, going back to what I do know, which is people. <laughs> I have my friend, John Briggs, that is coming on the show today. John is a guy that I really, really respect from how he launched his company basically by working with Gary Vee through the people he's worked with. He's produced like this like animation of one of my favorite albums, which is Wyclef's first album, The Carnival, for uh, a show that Wyclef did at the Apollo. He does all this really interesting stuff. He's a master networker and a beast of a businessman. So when I saw that he was putting together an NFT project, I'm like, all right, this is the moment, right? Like I can ask him all the tough questions. I can ask him, um, you know, why, what's the business case, how to do it, how to use a discord, stuff like that. And that's what this conversation turned into. I think it ended up being really, really powerful in it. We contextualize NFT use cases for consultants. We contextualize NFC, NFT use cases for um, real estate businesses and authors. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. And of course, at the end of this, I do my Marvel movie takeaway, where at the end I you know, give my number one takeaway from this thing, from this conversation. And something I'm going to start doing is at the end, I'm also going to announce where my team and myself are going to be going to conferences because I want to meet you. And coming soon, I'm going to start talking about where past guests of the show are speaking because I think that we have this talented roster of past guests and I want you to be able to connect with them and I'm going to be going out there too. So um, I really want to see you at one of these conferences. And also the easiest way to see me is to join one of these live shows, right? This is a live internet talk show that's done on Mondays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, go to the link in the bio to sign up. I would love to see you there. But for now, enjoy John Briggs. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. 
co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel, and hopefully, I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We're officially live on Facebook. It's the B2B Community Builder Show, Season 5. I am your host and Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez. I just realized I got to wear a hat because I'm hanging out with John Briggs over here. We both wear hats. He wears it backwards. I wear it forwards. Our guest today is uh, one of the one of the guys that I most try to be like on a day-to-day basis. And I don't, and I don't say that lightly. Expert networker, met him at podcast movement, thought he didn't like me. We've built an incredible relationship. John is a consummate giver, a insanely creative dude that also has like an unbelievable drive. And I don't know, is it chutzpah? Is it gumption? I, I, I don't know what to call it, man, but it is something that I really, really want in my life. I keep him as close to me as possible. Good friend of mine. Really grateful to have you in my circle. Incredible animator, John Briggs. Say, so what's up, John? That's it, man. Keep going. You go with the role. This is like my Bruce Buffer moment, man. I finally get... <laughs> The founder of Food Fight Studios, the official animator of the Wyclef, the Carnival album show on at the Apollo stage. Starring Uh, Pablo, Pablo Diablo Gonzalez. That's it, man. I don't really want you to go on, but it's it's cool man because when you go on these things usually it's like you have that pressure of like tell me about yourself or do like i don't i knew i didn't need that today because you're the best type man out you're the one that's gonna it's literally my bruce buffer moment so thank you man john i i owe you i owe you dearly for for what is the greatest piece of content that i have ever put out that i'm going to share with everybody right now because it felt like so long ago but when i launched my podcast i literally launched it wanting to do like a half rap, half storytelling thing about my life. And then once it happened, I reached out to John to animate it. And he created this little piece of content for me that we're going to talk about. And then we're going to get into NFTs. Here we go. I'm not a rapper. I didn't get a record deal. But I've been on this really interesting journey for the last couple of years. And I've had a really interesting 2019 where I had to start from zero and reinvent myself and build a business out of it. And people keep asking me what I'm doing, and it took me a while to figure it out. But now I know. What I do is audience strategy. I like attention to get attention. I like eyes on me. Back in the day, this shit would make my mom mad at me. But then somebody turned me on to Gary V. He said attention's key. Now I'm on this odyssey to build community. Using all my energy to get you feeling me. Because I'm doing it differently, you see? See what I mean? <laughs> well, that's the best that's come out so far, but I'm not a rapper. I'm a storyteller. And I may or may not rap again on this track. But I want to tell you about this 2019. What do you think of that when you see it again, man? That's awesome, man. I, I wish I didn't do your mom justice just putting uh, your face your your face on a, on a wig, pretty much. But it's, it's amazing. I mean, the question is, did you rap again off of that after that? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's oh, yeah. what I'm saying, right? So... I haven't stopped rapping. I haven't stopped. Listen, man, you made me look better than I looked and my mom way worse than I look. And with that, I want to welcome our audience to the show. Julie Eason, world-class ghostwriter, Lee Bishop, the MVP of the Not Average Investor Show community, an awesome dude in the house. Rex is with us today. Also, Rex is uh, 
Very talented guy that's getting into the merch business. Sabrina, I'm not very familiar with Sabrina, but I would love to get to know you. And Tom, good to see you, my friend. He, Tom's doing some really, you guys should connect. He's doing some really like 3D animation stuff and ad technology that, that, oh, nice. that I think that you'd be interested. This is an interactive show. You know, I've been, ever since Gary V put NFTs onto into my into my universe, I've been following down a rabbit hole of really understanding that this blockchain technology is integrally tied with the future of community creation. So I've been getting more and more educated on it. I've bought a couple of entities, you know, John's, John's included as well. And I've been really wanting to pick someone's brain about it, but there's nobody that I, there's nobody that I could really bring on here that I have the level of trust. And in Spanish it's called confianza, which means, which means trust, but it really means like, the ability to like really give it to you hard and understand that it's all from love. And, and I just want to kind of, I want to really pick your brain deeply about this, John. So the first, the first thing that I want to talk about is I know you, man, I know that the projects that you do are all insanely well thought out and strategic. So as a, as a businessman, what is, why did you do this? Why did you, why did you go from doing animation for people like Wyclef John, Jesse Itz or Gary V and others to like launching an NFT project? Like what was in it for you? That's not what's in it for me. I think it's it's actually the beautiful part about it is that's what's in it for, I think a lot of other people. It allows you to actually create a business and a business model that people can participate in both in the, the process and the upside in a lot of ways, right? So, you know, backtracking with Gary Vee, and I think that's why you and I really are like, you know, soulmates or of some sort is that he essentially started our company. We were creating animated content in our own and we got attention for that, but you know, when he asked us to animate a, a podcast, I thought he was st- like, it was like, awesome. This is amazing. But I didn't see how we could turn a business into it. Right. So the same style that you saw, this was six years ago, but just that, just that one thing of, of, of understanding content and, uh, and asking us to animate that podcast, essentially we became food fight studios. We became doing all these, these concert projects that you talk about that you're in and, and all of those things. So, um, yeah, shout out to Gary Vee. So I've always watched him. And when NFT started happening and with, you know, in the, the clubhouse and I started, I remember being in a clubhouse room and hearing like Lindsay Lohan in a room talking about her NFT launch. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't want to get it, whatever. Right. It's got this, this must be going to blow up in a bad way at some point, but always understanding, speaking of strategy, Gary Vee, definitely that dude is a, he is miles ahead uh, of, of everybody. So it's, I've always kept an eye on seeing what he's doing in, in, in a content way, uh, way. So as he was starting to put out content on the NFTs, I, you know, my pea brain s- slowly just started consuming that as, as, as fast as I could to figure out what that first, what the opportunity was, and then link it in to see if it fit in with what we're doing. And it wasn't just another shiny object. It actually fits right the heck into our animation company and content company. I mean, it makes sense from an animation company. It also, I've also seen NFTs as a really creative way to fund some future stuff, right? Like you, do you want to kind of disclose, like you, you, you gave me some like pretty impressive numbers of like what you generated in a, in a short amount of time. You want to. Yeah. yeah, And I don't think it's that impressive, impressive, but essentially it's um, I think we generated a total of like 180 K and, 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 
48 hours or something along the lines. I think it was like 150 or 120 in the first 15 minutes of obviously there's a lot of work that goes in between that, before that. Look, the NFT stuff, I think when the first, the, the, the evolution that I had is why the heck would anyone want to own a JPEG, right? So that was literally in my head. And that's, that's like the most common thing that you hear when you're talking to someone, when you try to explain NFTs or just have a conversation with NFTs, like why would anybody want to own a JPEG? So that's where it starts. Right. And then you can kind of rationalize, well, you know, most people don't really own art, but art is a huge asset class, right? So JPEG is just the digital evolution of that. So at least you can comprehend, all right, is it just art? Okay, but still it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways, right? And then you could say, well, you can help fund projects in a lot of ways. And you think, okay, well, Kickstarter, that makes a lot of sense, right? But then beyond just merch and giveaways and, and stuff, you can actually, uh, the, the owners of this NFT can actually be part of the process. They can actually vote on what happens with the content and, or in this case, the content, but with the company and all of those different things. So you start to understand the different levels and use cases of what an NFT can be. And I think the least amount is, is art is a JPEG. I think it goes way beyond that. I think it's essentially what made me, the light, go, light bulb go off with me is just that it's access. It's, it could be a ticket, right? We saw what our boy Gary V did with his first V friends, where if you minted certain one of those, you got a, you got a ticket to his conference for three years, right? I've seen one where it's a never ending ticket, right? Where you buy the NFT and as long as you have the NFT, you can go to it, right? So if, whether you have a membership company or a, a company you're trying to fund stuff or there's multiple, multiple use cases for it. And, and that's when the, the, the wheels started getting into motion of like, you know, how can we make this applicable to the stuff that we're doing? So I want to ask you this question, but I want to preface this first, right? Like I, to the point of what you're making, it almost sounds like if you're familiar with the real estate world, I know you are, right? But like, I know that Lee is, right? Lee is a sophisticated real estate investor. It's almost like a syndication, right? Like you're kind of buying this like part ownership without yeah, a ton of be. control, some control and a limited ability to, to the future of a return, something kind of like that. And one part of it is that, right? Mm-hmm. I think okay. one part, it's, it's one part of a lot of different things, man. It's one part of a lot of industries that we know work, right? On a fundamental level, we know people buy and sell art. On a fundamental level, we know people collect trading cards and Pokemon cards and baseball cards and all those things. On a fundamental level, we know people raise funds, whether that's through a Kickstarter or an ownership equity, something along those lines, right? On one level, we know that people buy tickets to go to things and experiences and things like that. So if you can merge the, all of those things in one in something, whether it be a membership or an event um, or an experience, the art is really secondary or tertiary in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and to, to your point, it's art, collectibles, investments, access, right? As a ticket, membership rewards points, loyalty cards, Right, like it's all, it's a bunch of business models put together. Exactly. And I want to. I, w- I want you to describe how you structured this this prog, you know, this project to to like what people bought. But first, before before you go into that, because I think that's going to go into like features of like what people are buying into. What do you when you were originally selling this thing? What do you think you're selling to people? Like, what's the big benefit that you're selling to people? Well, because I'll tell you what the project is, I guess, right? And then I'll just tell the history of the project and how we kind of got involved in it. So it's uh, the the NFT project that we launched, which was um, I think March 26th. So I don't even know what day it is at this point, but the um, it's called the Battle Bunnies. So the Battle Bunnies is a it's a community driven storytelling animation NFT that builds the uh, the Battle Bunny universe. Think of Game of Thrones if it were a Disney movie and they were cute little bunnies type of stuff, right? So it's the story that was inside the mind of 
a world-renowned character designer and tattoo artist, Frank Linatra and his wife, Krista Linatra, who I've known for a long time. And we've tried to work on other projects together, the old model, the old way. So don't let me forget about, about that. But, um, it's, um, we came on, on this project and it was already, um, he was already in the process of, of, of putting it together. But when we, we linked up and I linked up on a much, you and I are very, um, very connected and we're, we're very like-minded and, and, you know, we, what's that word in Spanish again? What did you say it was? Confianza. confianza. What is it? Confianza. Confianza. Okay. Yeah. So obviously I think the, I think the name of the game and not just business, but in life is obviously connecting with a bunch of people that you have the confianza in, right? I say that right. Yeah. Well. Um, kind of. So Frank is one of those dudes, right? So I've known him for, I'd known him for eight years. I literally call, actually it's right here. And it's, I'm, I'm not prepared. It's just my office is a mess, but I've been collecting his art. This is part of his art. So, you know, he's a world renowned artist. He's just amazing, right? He's legit. That's not part of the battle bunnies, but, um, but I've been collecting his art. When my first boy was born, I just wanted him to experience good art and cool art and make his cool room look cool. So I bought a, bought some stuff from, from Frank eight years ago, the old fashioned way, those, those canvas prints. But I saw that he was doing an NFT project. And since we had a history of creating an animated IP property or attempting to two or three years ago, I reached out from a genuine spot and was like, this is exactly the model that you should be doing to get the stuff, the crazy stuff in a good way out of your head and get it out to the world where you don't lose control of it. Right. And you can allow people to help. So that's what I reached out and he called this to say thank you. And he's like, this is what our plans are. We're going to do this. It's going to be a game and we're going to be in the VR space in maybe five years. And I was like, dude, you could be in the VR space now. Give me, let me, let me model one of these things up. Give me, give me your, just your, your flat file. And I will, um, I'm going to model it for you and put it into the VR space. So people could be their own little, you know, avatar, their own little battle bunny avatar in it. So I just did that to him, sent that to him. And then the more we got talking, it was clear that I think there was a bigger opportunity beyond the stuff that they were they were doing. And I think they needed a little bit of help in terms of the operation. And I just happened to have the team beyond our animation studio, the team that actually could help drive that project all the way through and make it successful. So that's how we kind of came about involved in the project. What did I miss there? Where did I, what did I No, you're good. You're yep. good. I'm just I'm just taking some notes and stuff. Yep. Cool. So the um so that's how we got involved in the, in this project, but it was already going on. And again, we, what we wanted to do is make sure, you know, my paranoid ass wanted to make sure that as I understood the NFT space, that there is utility in here. Right. So it's like, what do you get? What is that stuff in the NFT world? It's what's the utility is what they say. So what is the utility? What, what, what's the, for me, it's like, if anybody's going to buy an NFT from anything I'm going to be involved in it, the, the, the barrier of success or the, the, measurement of success is that it has to be a no brainer. Like you can never think of like, why the heck did I buy that? Right. So it's, we'll always provide way more value than it costs to mint the NFT. And if you can do that, it's worth it for everybody. Right. So, and then you always build on it. You can build on it from there, but that's what we did, man. We, we kind of came about, we said, let's create this animation in the, in the way that we tried to before, but in this new NFT space, but let's offer massive value to people beyond just being able to be part of the story, beyond just the collectible, which by the way, you get a trading card that's one-on-ones, one of one and all those things. So you get all of those things that I think a lot of these NFT projects put out, but it's got to be way, way, way more than that at, at the end of the day as well. So what is so what is that massive value, right? So you're getting the trading card, you get 
you know, you get to be part of some kind of community. What's what's the massive value that someone acquires when they get one of these? That's, look, it's probably too much, but I think that's just my paranoia of making sure that everybody is is super content and super happy. And if my name's on it and the people that are coming in here, it needs to be that. So, you know, part of the things is that you can actually be part of the story. So when you have a battle bunny in this case, there's, we, we launched 300 of them called the Spartans. It's one of the one of the six warring classes. So we, we launched 300 Spartans. And um, if you have one, you can name it. It goes into the grimoire, which is the history book of this. And you know, there's going to be animation on this stuff. So there's a good chance that your character can be involved in the story some way, shape or form. Right. So it's, it's essentially like, you know, it's, it's, it's a seat at the table at, at, a at toy story when toy story was being, was just being started when Pixar was just starting. Right. That's, that's it at a fundamental level is they get to be part of the process. There's, there's things as this evolves, there's, there's opportunity where, your character could be licensed inside of our animation. You know, these things are, these things are happening once the animation goes out. There's ways in this, this story where you can be a, a, an associate producer, an executive producer inside this animation, which is no joke. It's a 3D Shrek 2 style and three in one, whatever it is, right? Uh, style animation. You can actually be a producer involved in this. And, you know, our team has won Emmy Awards, right? Multiple Emmy nominations. So, we're going to be putting out awards. It's the second time I said put out here. So I wish there was a shocker to say, don't, don't say that. We're going to be putting these things out through awards, right? So like, let's say you just love story and you want to be part of it. You want to be a seat at the table in an animation studio. We got you. Let's say you want to build your brand a little bit by being a producer, an executive producer on an animation that is going to be big. We got you on that stuff. Let's say you just like the trading cards. That's it, right? Frank and Krista, like their passions are, is teaching. And we align very well in that space too, but they are going to be putting out uh, Lenatra Art University where you can actually create an NFT with them. You can be a chicken scratch drawer. You can do, it doesn't really matter, but you'll be able to, uh, to participate in an NFT community NFT drop that you'll have a piece in, and then the team will launch it for you. So essentially you can understand from a ground level what this is all about and be part of it, right? That's that, those are some of the utilities for it as well. And there's more, man. I just feel like when you start saying this, this, and that, you're going to get an Oculus and you can visit our VR world and you can do that. It's, it's always like, I'm skeptical in nature. I'd just be like, okay, whatever. But that in a nutshell is, is, um, is some of the utilities that we're offering, including the educational component of what NFTs are and, and all of those things as well that our team is doing. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. As you describe this all, man, like I I keep my head goes to, I mean, you're, you're selling something that so many companies sell and don't realize they sell, which is an experience, right? Like at the end of the day, you just described a bunch of different ways that people can experience something truly unique that they normally wouldn't have had access to in the real world. 
And then on top of that, a different type of experience in a new context that is growing, which is this like metaverse thing, right? Like this like little avatar character and whatever relationship we're going to have to that avatar character in the future world of however that ends up feeling. And maybe we're, maybe I'm a little old for that, but it's very real for a younger generation. And it's going to come more and more real for older generations as they open to it. It's this idea of being part of a story and an experience really no different. I, I mean, different, but very similar to like me buying a rare scotch where when I drink it, I think of, man, this thing was made in the highlands in this region and these people put into it and I can talk about it and there's a narrative and I can, and I can experience like the flavors as the ice melts, right? Like all we're selling is experiences and you're selling this like very unique experience inside the metaverse of actually getting a character that goes into like a, its own movie and or roller coaster ride or whatever, while you can also put it as an experience on like a resume or like a, or like a bucket list thing of just like, yeah, man, I was associate producer in this thing because I got access to this. You're selling access to experiences essentially, right? Yeah, man. I think, look, and I'd love to, I hope we have time at the end of this stuff just to like, and not, I'm not prepared for it, but that's the beauty of it. I think if we could just riff off, just throw out some scenarios of businesses and let's cool. think of ideas that I, potentially we could do. Cause that could yeah, be. Yeah. That, All right. Let's that, save some time for that at the end. Yeah. Um, so, so then right now I want to, I want to get into you know, the where to start tools, tactics, measure metrics of success stuff. And and I have a question already from Julie in the Q&A. Julie, who, by the way, wrote .com secrets and expert secrets. Little oh, yeah. She, I've read she it. writes, yeah, good books, good books. She writes, you know, what books or resources can a beginner use to learn about this world, right? Like when you first, when you started to approach your friend, the artist, was it a, did you first go out and like read a bunch of stuff and get really, really educated? Or how'd you, how'd you get started understanding the space? Our team jumped in with both feet and that's what we did. And it was the most I've ever worked in the short amount of time that we did just to get up to speed and get that. So like, look, we have a successful NFT project that we launched, but I'm in no means consider myself an expert. I don't think most people are in this space because it's very new, but I don't consider myself an expert in that space at all. Right. Frankly of it, but enough to be dangerous in a great way where we actually launched, a, a, took a project and helped really push it through the finish line and continuing to keep it uh, going on from there. So that the first stuff is like literally, I just watch Gary Vee videos to start, right? Just to get a fundamental understanding of it. And then I would just subscribe to some NFT newsletters that I would just understand what's happening. Like, you know, in Tampa, there was a real estate uh, transaction that, were, that was bought as an NFT, a house was bought as an NFT. And it's just like little by little putting the pieces on reading about that. And like, what did that even mean? And you know, I'm a slow learner, but eventually you, you start to see the different applications of it. Gary Vee is a great place to start. So one of the things that it's, and I think it's important because it's an added utility that I didn't mention, but our team, the lab at Food Fight Studios, which is essentially our digital digital marketing agency arm, however you want to call it. We are, as we are learning this stuff, as we have learned a shit ton of stuff and continue to learn it, we're bringing in people in the space that we can have conversations with. And as we are learning, we're creating content for that. So part of the utility, if you have a battle bunny. It doesn't go along with the storytelling stuff, but it, we can give access to anybody that we want. We want to make sure that people in the the, the battle bunny project has this. So we are going to give them access to um, to a newsletter that explains it from a basic level, all the way to like what's happening in the market, all the way to certain projects, like just dissecting certain projects and why some people might like them, why some people won't. So that's a that's an added utility that we're we're bringing on into it, and you'll get that because you're a battle battle bunny. Uh, owner in that space. So I'll start sending you these uh these newsletters and content around that hopefully 
will fill the gaps. And, and as I continue to learn and our team continues to learn, we will document that and share that because I think it's very valuable. And I think we're in a really unique time that people should, I, I hate saying should, I, just, I don't think your business should ever do anything, right? But I think um, we're in a unique time that it, it's worth trying to understand this a little bit. And really, it's nothing new. Just the language is different. I could go over five different scenarios uh, of we've done this stuff since the 80s. Like there's stuff here that we've already been doing. It's just packaged up in a shiny new word that makes people afraid and not understand and feel dumb. When the reality is if I can learn it, anybody on this call and beyond can can easily learn it. Certainly if you wrote .com secrets, you can learn it. That's for sure. Hope you're on mute. That's because my dog was barking in the background. It's a, oh, it's a new go. context, right? So like we, we've gone through what's, you said five real quick, don't go long with this, but like what's one of those five things that you think that this is like that people wouldn't, make the obvious connection to? I don't know. Like the thing that comes to mind is that is tokenized economy. When you hear token, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, your brain hurts when someone says like, you can use a tokenized economy or any that stuff. The reality is if you think about Chuck E. Cheese back in 1982, I saw a coin that said 1982 Chuck E. Cheese, where you were, they had their own economy. And these NFT projects that are going to be successful have their own internal economy, just like Chuck E. Cheese. You go in there, you pay a dollar to convert to their Chuck E. Cheese coin. You play a bunch of games, you get a bunch of tickets, then you exchange it for stuff, whatever that is. Like that's one basic thing of when you hear of token, uh, tokenized economy. So terms that people will hear, play to earn, whatever to earn, right? So these are the things, if you hear those terms, they're talking about Chuck E. Cheese. We just didn't know that, right? So that's simple. You look like a guy that was really good at skee ball when you were young. So when I hear it, I think nope. I, I think credit card credit card points. I think mileage programs, right? Like anything anything that in the, the more form. you use it, you know, and the longer you go, and you know, it's, it kind of rewards you more and more. It's the pizza. It's the it's the fundraising stuff that you do where you get a Domino's pizza card and you get like twenty percent off your pizzas, or you get like the coupon books and you pay ten bucks, but there's ten bucks on the first page of value. Like it's like that is in its simplest form. These are businesses that we've always done in in, in those as well, and I could name it a lot more. Cool. But, uh, so it's we'll it's almost there. like pre, it's prepayment for access of all these other things that then allows you to do really, really cool things in a new context. It's, right. a, and it's a ticket, right? It's, it's a, a ticket. Like you could like concerts are selling out tickets from NFTs, like the Super Bowl, you got an NFT with it, but concerts are selling tickets that give you backstage passes. As long as you own it, you get backstage passes. What's unique is you could rent it, right? So real estate people here, this is, if there's something of value, say, a Gary V conference that you can't make Pablo one year, you could rent it to somebody else. So essentially you can, you know, there's a, there's your, there's your recurring revenue model that a lot of these, these real estate companies are, are working as well, right? Flipping in, they are making money off it as well. Yep. Got Cash it. Flow. All right. So let's get, let's get into some of the how-to man. I know that, I know that when you were learning, you definitely have some strong opinions of the right way and the wrong way to do it. Can you tell me, what is what is the wrong way to do it and what's the right way to do it? I could just tell you, I, all I can do is tell you how I would do it. And there's no wrong or right. But in terms of like where me, and you know this, man, is like I'll never do anything that like that that, I, that keeps me up at night, right? At the end of the day, like <clears throat> we want to make sure that I, in a lot of ways, I don't like, um, I, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad I know who the audience is because I would say something that I don't want to say. But the in a lot of ways, I don't like a lot of marketing tactics. One, I feel like if somebody pulls them on me, I feel like it insults my intelligence. That's just my insecurity of, of stuff, right? But I think that um, some marketing tactics are designed to promote fear, right? Uncertainty and doubt, all of these things. So I just never aligned with that stuff. That's why one of the reasons I love 
you know, our mutual buddy, Mark Schaefer in that space. I just, I just felt like his marketing philosophy always aligned with what I, what I believe is the most human company wins, right? So being genuine, being authentic, those are buzzwords. Unfortunately, they become buzzwords, but the reality is, 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 is the most human company wins. So I think what a lot of people are doing is, is they are using like FOMO tactics and it's kind of become the norm. And I just won't do those things, right? I don't want to make someone afraid that to buy our stuff. I just won't excite people so much that they want to understand it and jump in and be a part of it. Right. So, um, so, I mean, specific examples of our project is, you know, people told us you have to do, you have to do things like if you don't sell out in 24 hours, your, uh, your project's dead in the water. So do everything you can to sell out. Right. We just wouldn't do that. We're not going to, we weren't going to do those things. And some of the tactics that these, that, that these projects will do and most projects be careful in the NFT space, right? Because most projects I think are failing or will fail on some level, so, but, but most projects will spin everything They're, They, if they don't sell out their project, they will shut it off. And then they'll say, Hey, we sold 300 of our 10,000 collection. And that's, and now we got the next one. Right. But it's just, it's not genuine. The reality is, is they couldn't sell it. And now they're spinning it and making people think that the project is different from it was. So we're all, look, you, you can find us, anybody in the project, our whole team, Frank and Krista, like a big part of what we wanted to make sure is we wanted to make sure that you knew who we were and where you could find us. If you had any questions specifically about the project, any of us are there, especially the artists are there 24 seven asking questions. So that's, uh, that's very different, I think, from a lot of other projects in the space. Yeah. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing number one is like, don't be manipulative because this is a really long play and manipulative things only, only win short term. And the other thing is transparency, which in the NFT world is called being doxxed, right? Like the idea that you can find everybody that is um, tied to a project. It's a fully doxxed project. That's a a language that I learned. So the good thing, by the way, it just means undocked. It means just means that they're, they're document, right? You can see who they are, right? So there's all these little goofy terms that make people be like, afraid or I don't, I don't have enough time to learn that stuff that are just simple. We all know what they mean. It's just, uh, yes. just a different language, man. Yeah, sure. Gen Z. Yeah. I like it. Let's talk about the good stuff, man. The community building, right? Like you said that you sell it. I'm going to go Spanish again, right? A las buenas, right? Like a las buenas means like you're selling it on the upside. A las malas is like, you're selling it based on fear. I don't know why I'm being so bilingual today. This is the first time ever you bring it out of me. But so, so I hear you saying you, you created enough, enough goodwill, enough excitement to to really merit selling out everything that you were going to offer right how did how did you do that do you do you need a big audience this is something that julie was asking do you need a big audience or following to like start building this kind of community or is there another way to do it cuz i don't i don't see you as a guy with a big audience nope yep no i don't have a big audience and the um but i don't i you know, some people love Kevin Kelly's a thousand true fans and some people don't like that, that methodology, but I think it makes a lot of sense. If you find a, a, a small group of, of people that are like-minded and you can share experiences together, I think that's way more than just not being human and, and, uh, and, you know, funneling people to death and through, through emails and all that stuff. So yeah, dude, I think it's a matter of what you're trying to do. Like, so for us, and a lot of these projects will sell 15,000, 10,000, you know, all those things, which we will but we wanted to grow the right way. Right. So we grew slow, but fast, like super, super slow in the NFT world, but super fast in any marketing world that I've ever been a part of where within, I mean, I don't know that within a month we went from 40 or 54 Twitter followers to 2000. And we went through with like, 
30 or 40 people in the discord community to, you know, at one point up to, up to 7,000. And, you know, there's always ebbs and flows as they come, but now it's a a community of over 4,000 of the discord community that was built like that. And it was built in um, the old fashioned way of, of, you know, content in your world. Right. So people, the, the, the art is um, definitely stops people in their tracks, but, but through collaboration and connections. Right. So joint ventures, right. Same, same concept in that space, but just doing collabs with other projects that are like-minded that are maybe in between drops and, and, and have an audience of people that, that you want to hear. And then we would do Twitter spaces. We'd go online and in discord and, and kind of just build the community organically and, and the old, the old fashioned way using the new, using the new tools like discord and Twitter, which is some, you know, stuff that I never did whatsoever before, before February or January, whenever the heck it was. So tried and true tactic of easiest way to a bigger audience is leveraging other existing audiences. And then you were tapping into like these new kind of technological shifts of people are interested in Twitter spaces and, and you were playing in the, in the spaces of it. What did, what was the offer to the people as you were trying to leverage other people's audiences? What was the ask of them in order to be able to tap into their audience and do these collaborative things? Were you giving them an NFT as a gift or was it like, Hey man, you know, this is going to, you know, how, in some cases, yeah, in some cases, I mean, we didn't have any marketing spend in terms of like selling, you know, a lot of projects will do that. They'll, they'll, get some fake influencer to put their, you know, to retweet their stuff. And we, we didn't do any of that stuff, but I think offering what they call is whitelist spots. And now they're starting to say allow lists, but it's just essentially the, the ability to, to, you know, mint or buy at a, at a, at a certain time and at a certain price. So that is one thing is when we were, we were offering whitelist spots and you would collab with communities and, and you don't rush into that stuff. You want to make sure that you're looking at doing your diligence on them and making sure that they're doing things by the book in the right way as well. And you, you kind of align in that way but offering them whitelist spots. Um, and essentially it's like, if you know, whatever they'll, they'll shout you out or tell their, their community about it. And you'll give them a blurb of what your project is all about. They'll put it out to their community to see if there's any interest. If you give them, you know, hundred slots, 200 slots, whatever it may be through the ability to, uh, to access your, your mint. Okay. So you're way. reaching, you're reaching people. It's almost like an IPO and you're hitting up people that have a, financial newsletter and you're like, Hey man, if you get me in your newsletter, then I can offer you some IPO seats to some of the, your subscribers that you can dole out as favors to folks that like investing yeah. in IPOs. That kind of- yeah. I mean, look, it comes down to connections too. And just having conversations with people that are like, uh, they're called alphas, right. Or alpha groups of people that like are just their market analysts and they're just evaluating other projects and then having conversations with them. And, you know, Maybe some of them like your project and they'll write it up, write it up once if you, if you can genuinely have a good conversation with them and explain the roadmap and all of the plans and who the team is and what they're trying to do. Um, if they like it, it's their job to kind of put out there into other groups. So other alpha groups, um, you know, our project being called in other alpha groups, and then that brings on a, a people as well. And again, they're coming in that discord and then you got to keep that community going. So you have moderators, you have community managers, you have all of these different things, you have activities inside this discord that gets people to know where they need to go if they have specific questions, but keeps people around to get to know us and not just, not just us, but everybody else in the community, make sure that they all vibe in that stuff. And, and that's what, that's what we did. So um, at one point we, we closed the discord, which is what a lot of projects will do as a fake marketing tactic. But the reality is, is like Frank and Krista, the uh, you know, the founders and the, the, the artists and the brainchild with this whole stuff, they genuinely just want to be able to talk to everybody, not just like, 
they want to talk to everybody. They want to know who everybody was. So we would lock the discord. Um, and then uh, people would come in sporadically based on that. So, um, and that's why we made a decision. One of the reasons we made a decision to launch a smaller collection first, because we could do that without having to compromise any of the values of, of, of doing that too fast. Frank wanted to talk to everybody, wanted to know them by name. I love that. So that's what we did. So I'm hearing a couple of other like things that I that I find a lot of success with that again we can cross contextualize. One one mm-hmm. is something that I learned off of Christopher Lockhead, who's the godfather of category design. He said on this like one call that one of his like moves when he was the C- he's been a multiple Silicon Valley CMO. One of his moves was just to understand when like the when like the Gartner analysts, the analysts of the industry of the thing that they're doing, when they had their like quarterly report coming up, knowing when that was due. And keeping them super busy, right? Like three, you know, a month before they know that somebody has to publish a report on who's doing what in the industry, just like sending them as much stuff as you can that can like help them and or ask for their advice on whatever you're doing. Sounds kind of similar to that like alpha strategy. And the other thing um, that I'm that I'm hearing for you is that I that I see a lot of success in a lot of different businesses. Do the unscalable first, right? Like you, you are you're keeping it small to figure out what the things you can do in like a really really small audience to really understand what works at the very very base level before you then go go scale out. And I think that that's another really good roadmap that's cross contextual to um, company stuff, right? Yep, you can't fail. It's almost like a soft opening, right? So a soft opening of a of a restaurant and things like that, and just make sure everything because there's look there's a lot that go into this the contract, the technical side. Um, the, the, obviously the, uh, the marketing and the community engagement and management, all of that stuff, like there's a lot that goes into it. So if we're going to bring, if we're going to put our names on it and bring people in, it better be done the right way. That's the easiest way to make sure it's, it's the right way. And, and literally it, it's, uh, it's better to, if you, you can't be human if you're scaling right out of the gate because you need to, uh, with, with this stuff, you know, the, the members and the early members are actually helping give advice and give uh, direction on a lot of ways in terms of, oh, I'd love to see if it went like this, or if it was a game or a VR space. Like, so you, you it's, it's, you, you can't have those conversations when there's just so many people coming in there, especially in a place with discord or some of these, these communities, it's just like, you can't even read what's happening. It's just going yeah. so fast. We had to uh, take a break there because at the end of this, we, go for about an hour and 45 minutes. So we cut this into two podcasts. This first one ended up being, you know, this implementation business case piece. The next one, part two, which will release in two days is people asking questions, how to use discord, how to apply this to, um, you know, specific business models, really, really good stuff. So in the spirit of, uh, what we like to do here at the end of the show, I got my Marvel movie takeaway coming up in a second, but first I just want to invite you to join us at the things that we are going to next as a BTS team. And the first one is the Growth Now Summit Live, which is coming up May 20th and 22nd, right just outside of Philadelphia in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Go to growthnowsummit.com. We're taking the BTS leadership team there to do a little bit of personal development. It's a, more of a personal development um, conference by Justin Schenk, who was on the show recently. He is episode... 166. So go check it out, find out about the live event and how he did it. It's actually really interesting the way that he um, formulates live events. So I think that that episode by itself is really good. If you haven't checked it out, he's also one of my favorite podcasters. His podcast is great. And speaking of podcasts, the place we're going after that is PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando, May 26th to 29th. 
I'm moderating a panel on the on called Relationship Flywheel at something called Podfest Invest, which is about investing and content creators in the investing space. And Esar is giving a keynote as well uh, the day after. But the beauty is May 26, little teaser. We're throwing a be the stage launch party. I'm going to rent out a karaoke bar, buy a bar tab. I got some cool swag I'm working on to give away. So if you are in Orlando, let me know because I want you at the party. And now, the Marvel movie takeaway. Um, really, the the big takeaway that I got is this idea that I had conceptualized the fact that NFTs are an all-in-one kind of solution for a bunch of already existing business models, right? We talked about that early in the show, how it's like the travel rewards point plus the membership card plus the um, Kickstarter, you know, plus a collectible, you know, all these different things that, that come into play that you can understand. What I didn't realize is just how natural uh, the concepts of business fit into it, right? Like this idea of, launching small before launching big, how you go to market with it. It all has a lot of interweaving things. And that to me is what makes it such an attractive kind of strategy, right? Like I'm I'm a big fan of how you can incorporate a bunch of different strategies into one motion. Um, I think that is where we're headed as things get more and more complex you know, you read the best business books out there, like Ultimate Sales Machine is a good example where it talks about, well, if you're going to go do a pitch, you don't want to just try to convince them to buy your stuff. You want to have multiple objectives in that pitch that allow the strategy to serve many things. NFTs and how you launch an NFT is exactly one of those types of strategies that can serve many masters, which as you know, to me, this internet talk show experience is another one of those strategies, right? Like by having a live internet talk show, I am able to invite people to the show, right? Guests and audience members, which immediately give me very, very good feedback on based on who shows up and how many people show up and how long they stay. Am I talking about interesting things to the people I'm trying to serve? Then by actually executing the show, I get to network at a very, very high level, right? Like I'm this idea that I'm about to start promoting all the speeches and the keynotes of the people that have been on my show in the past means that I'm essentially networking with keynote speakers and people of influence and authors and things of that sort in my industry while building relationships with many of the people that show up to the show as audience members or folks I want to do business with, right? So like it's a very strategic form of relationship. And then the way that we take it and repurpose it and, you know, make this conversation that we just had on a Zoom call into a podcast episode, into a couple different formats on YouTube, into many different formats on social media. It just serves. And, and, and now we're starting to like take some of these bits and we're going to make a newsletter and I'm sending things that are really contextual to the people that I'm trying to do business with as like sales enablement tools, right? Like I'm just a really big fan of the idea that by doing one thing, I can do many, many things. So if uh, you're interested in that type of stuff, I'd love for you to join us at uh, our Relationship Driven Growth Strategy Sessions. They're totally free. And what happens is after the show happens, we stick around for another hour 
and folks are showing up and they start to ask us questions of how they can implement these types of strategies, free consulting, and you get to meet the rest of the folks that come. So you can come for the show, stick around for the advice session. You can just come for the advice session. You can just come for the show, whatever you want. But Monday afternoons, right? Like Monday early evenings, I I want you hanging out with me. So hope to see you at the next one. And as always, I'm going to thank my team. Number one, I want to thank Rowan, who helps me coordinate this. She's the one that is helping me book the guests, and she's in the chat, managing the community. I want to thank JP, who's editing this stuff and putting it together. I want to thank Nicola, who's turning into the best writer in the world on our team. He's running the descriptions and the captions and stuff like that. I want to thank Joyce. I want to thank Joanna. I want to thank Marge. I want to thank Gina, our COO, and our chief heart officer, who is the center of our culture, and I I want to thank my partner Esar for jumping on this ride with me and helping us build out this business. And remember, until next time, never forget that relationships will always be more valuable than transactions.